BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is a podcast from Minute Media. What's up, Rams fans? Welcome into Rams Showcase. I am your host, Sheriff Joe Bags. Tonight, we are going to touch on a little bit of training camp as we head into the preseason. Plus, I may have whiffed on Raheem Morris. And later on, we have three division opponents who have all signed superstars. We will talk about what that impact will have on the Los Angeles Rams. Before we get started, make sure you follow the Rams Showcase on all your favorite social media. That would be at Rams Showcase and at Sheriff Joe Bags if you would like to follow myself. Let's go ahead and hop right into the news. We'll start with wide receiver Van Jefferson, who actually did undergo a surgery on his knee. Sounds like there's something that could be lingering there. I am hesitant to say that this is going to be a long-term thing, but I'm also hesitant to say that it's not. Uh, Of course, a knee injury for a wide receiver is always going to be something that is going to be kind of... Kind of, kind of nagging, uh, potentially long term. So we will see how that impacts Van Jefferson and his future, uh, and also what that could possibly mean for somebody like, like Odell Beckham Jr. possibly returning to the Los Angeles Rams, despite all the rumors of the different teams that are uh, maybe interested in uh, getting. Odell Beckham Jr. to help their football teams this year, much like he did to the Rams uh, in the 2021 season. Training camp, it is uh, one of my favorite times of the year. It's uh, it, it's a time of hope. Every single team has has uh, all the hope in the world right now. Uh, us Rams fans who have been around for a little while maybe recognize that feeling of the St. Louis days, maybe in, in some of those, those tough times, that uh, training camp was a time for hope and, and getting excited for the season. And everybody goes in 0-0 and you don't know who's going to pop and who is maybe going to suck a little bit. But I say all that to say that um, let's go ahead and temper our expectations or at least what we're seeing right now. Of course, we're going to see some really good stuff. We're also going to see some really bad stuff. Uh, We're going to see some some passes like like Stafford hitting cup in the corner of the end zone right over Robert Rochelle. But that does not mean on that one specific play uh, that we're going to win the Super Bowl. They don't pass out trophies in August, unfortunately. Otherwise... Well, you know, maybe our trophy case would look a little bit different as uh, <laughs> as uh, we've gone through our history of some pretty strong training camps, actually. But uh, I wanted to mention that uh, the Saturday autographs for this week, uh, really, really strong day. It's a weekend day as well. Probably going to be super hot in Los Angeles. But I know uh, anybody who's out there, maybe a little bit more used to it than someone like myself. But you could meet Frank Corral, Ivory Sully, Tayoka Jackson, Wendell Tyler, Jim Everett, and of course the active players uh, signing autographs on Saturday are going to be the linebackers, which would be Leonard Floyd. 
Floyd, Bobby Wagner, Justin Hollins, uh, Ernest Jones. Ultimately, just a great day to uh, step in and try to get some uh, some autographs. All right, some big news here uh, as the Rams have made a little bit of a uniform adjustment. Uh, The L.A. Rams have announced that the white modern throwback uniform will no longer be considered the alternate and will swap positions with the bone style jersey. So first and foremost, uh, my my initial thoughts here is uh, this makes sense based on the reception of the modern throwback jerseys extremely popular amongst the fan base uh and you know using choosing to use it in the super bowl i think is a is a factor as well that has to be considered that i mean do you make a move like that if it's not something that you would like to move forward with and we can even point back to this with the alternate jersey that the rams wore in the super bowl uh super bowl 53 against the new england patriots that blue and blue and yellow throwback throwback was an alternate jersey that year so the rams in their two most recent Super Bowls, have actually worn their alternates. So we'll see. Um, I mean, obviously, we got to get back to the Super Bowl. We, we as Rams fans, know how difficult that task can be. Uh, but uh, I wouldn't anticipate this uh, becoming a thing uh, anymore. But I would say maybe those white jerseys with the yellow pants, those just seem to feel more right in a Super Bowl setting uh, for the L.A. Rams. Um, I want to make one thing clear and just kind of like put it out there that uh, I don't hate the white jerseys at all. I just really love the bone jerseys. And I would say that it's kind of like my best example would be pasta versus lasagna yes i love lasagna that's probably my favorite food but if somebody said hey man we actually don't have any lasagna instead we have you know pizza and pasta yeah i wanted lasagna and that is my favorite but i'm not sad about getting pasta and pizza that sounds delicious you know what i mean so just like the same thing uh, i love the the bone jersey it is my favorite uh, rams jersey but um unfortunately i mean we'll we'll see it a lot less uh, and actually we'll be done with it uh, pretty early in the season which is unfortunate but that also means that i'm going to just rep my bone stuff uh, way harder than I have in the past because I kind of want uh, want to put it out into the universe that I'm still a big old fan of that bone color. So the bone only does appear in two games, uh, which uh, obviously dramatically decreases the chances that I will get to see my favorite uniform combo, which is the bone on yellow. I think that that's absolutely just super crispy. Uh, the blue helmet with the bone jersey, yellow pants. It's just the right level of obnoxious for me. And I hate to say it. I know people are going to hate this comment here, but I'm if the Rams are not going to do the bone on yellow, probably my favorite jersey combo or uniform combo throughout the entire NFL would probably be those powder blues on yellow for the LA Chargers. I know some people are already cringing at that statement, uh, but it's going to be okay. Okay, so um, all the uh, also I would say that my my new favorite combo uh, will probably be the uh, white on blue. I really like that look. Uh, it's kind of a little bit reminiscent to uh, what the Rams kind of wore in some of those St. Louis years when we brought in the white pants. I don't know what it is. I can picture Stephen Jackson with a blue jersey, white pants. Of course, the Rams don't currently have white pants, but they do get the blue. So you kind of get a swap there. And I don't know what it is. I can picture Mark Bulger wearing the white jersey with the blue pants. And uh, I think that we will see that at least a couple of times this year. So some schedule notes as far as the uniform schedule goes that was released earlier this week. Uh, the Rams will wear white at home against the Dallas Cowboys, which is absolutely awesome. That forces them into wearing their blues, which is historically noted as being bad luck for the Dallas Cowboys. So anytime you can force them into their blues, pretty sweet deal there. No division team will see the same uniform twice against the Rams. Uh, the only uh, division opponent who will see the bone will be the Arizona Cardinals in Arizona. And that game is in week three. That is also the last time 
time that we will see the bone jersey. But uh, the Seahawks and the 49ers, they both will see one blue game, one white game. Let's see here. The blue, the blue jerseys do not appear until week six, and then they are worn four straight times. SoFi will see all uniforms. It will see the bone just one time. That is week two. The white twice and the blue six times. We can say we will see the white three times at SoFi Stadium if you count that road game at the L.A. Chargers. The Rams only in blue on the road one time that is at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in week nine. So the good news there is uh, it shouldn't be super miserable hot in, uh, in, in Florida in week nine, but also it's Tampa, which is super hot, super humid. Uh, so it always kind of sucks to play there in, unless you get uh, used to that atmosphere, like the players that actually do play there on a regular basis. See, I'm really curious to see the uh, combinations of uniforms uh, as we kind of creep in forward uh in into the season uh my personal preference is uh the fact ju- is simple is uh i just don't like the same color jersey with the same colored pants i just there's something about that look especially the blue on blue for the rams i would say that is my least favorite i'm not gonna say that i hate it or anything like that it's not like when we wear those i'm not gonna watch or anything like that but i would say that's my least favorite it's just a lot of blue happening and I, don't, I don't hate blue i just i just love yellow and i love the bone and uh yeah so it kind of bums me out Uh, Just some quick transactions. Uh, The Rams did waive running back Xavier Jones. This move did surprise me a little bit considering the camp that he had last year. Uh, He did look really strong. Uh, he has had his, his flashes, uh, as in mainly in the preseason games, we don't see him a lot in the regular season, but then the Rams did bring in running back Trey Raggis. And, uh, this was just a kind of a move running back for running back. So nothing too crazy there. Also, the Rams did bring back former Rams quarterback, Luis Perez, who has kind of bounced around different leagues. And I will say this, um, I know that some people get really excited about Luis Perez and I do too. I think he's an awesome, uh, awesome guy, awesome quarterback. Uh, but I mean, if we want to keep it realistic here, and I would like to, uh, he is going to be here for the preseason. Uh, I would guess that uh, Bryce Perkins will still win that QB three spot. I do anticipate uh, Luis Perez being waived slash cut before uh, the before the regular season actually begins. Let's go ahead. Uh, you know what? Uh, I, I may have made some comments last year, plenty of them about uh, Rams defensive coordinator Raheem Morris and. Uh, Coming up next, I think it's time to find out if I was wrong. Welcome back in, Rams fans. All right, so it's time to talk about Raheem Morris, defensive coordinator. Most people who have been with Rams Showcase for the last few years, and at least last year, know that I have been pretty harsh on Raheem Morris and his style and how it fits in with the Los Angeles Rams and the culture of the LA Rams. So I'll be honest. I agree with my comments that I said last year uh, about Raheem Morris, uh, because at the time they were absolutely fitting and they were accurate, in my opinion, at that time. Uh, So I I do stand by my comments. Uh, A big part of it was was the defense just didn't really feel like it was on Uh, a lot of the the Jalen Ramsey being moved around. It just really didn't feel like it was working to me. Uh, All it really did was force the quarterback to locate Ramsey and then just adjust to that, which already is what they do when he's on the top guy. But when that opposing quarterback is Aaron Rodgers and it's third down, 
down and it's November, it's late, it's cold, it's Lambo, and it's third down and you spot Jalen Ramsey and he's not on your number one target, Devontae Adams, and instead linebacker Troy Reader is on Devontae Adams on a third and six. Um, I think you can guess what happens next and that is exactly what happened next as uh, it was a first down. So uh, that was really like my last straw with Raheem Morris. Like that play right there was like, all right, I'm, I'm over this. Like this is, what is this? You're going to put, you're going to have a situation where you can even allow Troy Reader to be covering Devontae Adams on a third down. Like it, that just, it wasn't working. So uh, that was the last game of November, a month that the, the Rams did not win a football game in. And then we flipped over to December and immediately just kind of felt different. Uh, it was uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars came to town and it kind of started with uh, Donald forcing the fumble. Jalen Ramsey picks it up and it was like, okay, like it just felt better about the defense. But again, it's the Jags. So you're kind of like, okay, all right, well, you know, it's a rookie quarterback, uh, not a very good football team. So, I mean, we'll kind of see what happens. And then the Rams did uh, go to Arizona and defeated the Cardinals uh, to take over first place in the NFC West and, and ultimately beat a division rival that you just lost to earlier in the season to lose first place. Uh, so it was good to, to get that. And then, of course, the Rams did follow that up with uh, three pretty strong defensive performances. That was against the Seahawks, the Vikings, and then the Ravens. The Rams did end the season on a loss uh, against the, the 49ers in overtime. But, I mean... You can argue with me. I, I don't have like a lot of energy to argue about this with anybody, but I would say that the Rams felt like the better team in that game, but the 49ers felt more physical and they were just able to pull it off. And then in the playoffs, the, the Rams defense completely shut down Kyler Murray. He had, he looked like he had no idea what the Rams defense was going to do. And then you beat the defending champions in their house, Tom Brady at the Bucks. Uh, you win the game. It was a great game. And really that game too felt like the Rams just way outplayed the Bucks. Buccaneers like uh, you take away like the fumbles from Cam Akers and that game is not as close as it ends uh, in that in that kind of situation. Uh, and then, of course, uh, you beat the 49ers, a team that you had not beat in in quite a while. And and then you're you're off to the Super Bowl. You you play that game, though, and it, like the, the defense just felt, you know, really physical in that game, which is exactly how you have to beat the 49ers. This this team right now with the 49ers, they're just uh, they're going to punch you in the mouth and eventually they're going to wear down. So you just got to keep punching back. And that's exactly what the Rams were able to do. And then close out the game on, you know, Donald flipping Garoppolo to the ground, Traven Howard picking it off and that was awesome and then of course high-powered young offense with the Cincinnati Bengals and the Rams were able to perform really well in that um, of course you know Jalen had his plays in that one where he didn't really feel like he was super on but ultimately the defense I mean finished the game uh, they finished it up Aaron Donald of course is a, a, a huge factor in that but uh, it the defense just felt better throughout the entire playoff run and then you flip over to this year. We're now pairing Bobby Wagner with Ernest Jones, who Jones was already playing some really, really good football in his rookie season. Now we flip over to year two, and now he's got a Hall of Famer right next to him, which is awesome. Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd still coming after the quarterbacks. I absolutely love that. I know that you lose a guy like Von Miller, but uh, at his age, I, I, I'm okay with that. Um, I liked Von Miller, and I did definitely want Von Miller back, but let's not pretend like our entire Super Bowl hopes of 
repeating just kind of hinge on on Von Miller's existence. So I think Justin Hollins is going to do more than fine in that position. That is who I have uh, kind of slated is that spot uh, to take over. But then you get uh, Troy Hill taking over for Darius Williams. And I think that that's an upgrade opposite of Jalen Ramsey. Uh, and then, of course, you still got, uh, you know, Jalen, of course, and Jordan Fuller in the secondary. So ultimately, this secondary is pretty awesome. And with the players that this team has, I think that Raheem Morris would... It would be impressive to screw this up uh, to, because of the names that the Rams do have on the defensive side of the football. And I am not ready to right now just flip over and be chanting Team Raheem. That, I'm not ready to do that quite yet, considering how last season started. And I'll, I can use the example of the Arizona Cardinals, how uh, they start the season very strong. Uh, the last few years have showed us that, and then they kind of just fall apart completely. So is he going to start the season you know, softer than maybe we want him to? I, I mean, there's only one way to find out. We just have to wait and see. But ultimately, when this team needed uh, a defensive play, especially going into like December, into January, into February, when the defense needed a play, the defense made a play. And that's really all you can ask. Uh, and that can definitely go as much on the players as much as it goes on to the coaching staff. So uh, credit where credit's due. Raheem Morris did a great job in the postseason. My assessment of Raheem Morris last year, uh, by the way, is no is is no indication of how I hope he performs this year. I would much rather just stick my foot way up into my mouth and say that I was completely wrong. I completely whiffed it on Raheem Morris, and he is awesome. Instead of sitting here and say, I told you I didn't trust him. I told you I was right. I would way rather be wrong on this and have Raheem Morris be dope because uh, ultimately— I want the Rams to play well. I mean, that's that's ultimately what I want. I would way rather be wrong and the Rams be awesome than be right and the Rams are not good. Was I wrong? Possibly. I, I don't know if I would go far as far to say probably, um, but definitely in that range, uh, especially considering how the Rams ended the season. I think that has to be considered uh, when having the conversation there. But... We only have one year of evidence of Raheem with uh, the Rams on defense, so I think that has to be considered as well. We need to see some longevity there and also maybe a team with less just absolute superstars because this defense is very talented right now uh, roster-wise, so that has to be considered as well. Um, Ultimately, though, I am uh, ready to watch this Rams team come out and just absolutely destroy some souls. Um, The the, the roster that this team has, uh, the coaches that this team has, I think that that can absolutely be something that happens and uh, I think that this team's defensive averages will be better than what we saw last year Um, just based on now Raheem having a full year I I don't think we see that whole Jalen Ramsey experiment where he's all over the place I think we just lock down the number one guy that's what he does best just do that and then we're good to go so um, I also I stand by what I said entering last season when I said that um, that I thought that this year was going to be a better year for the LA Rams than last year we get 10 games at SoFi Stadium this year. Yes, it's a difficult schedule. The NFC West is uh, decent. It got worse uh, from last year. Last year, it was definitely the best division in football, but this year, we still have to play the best division in football, which is the AFC West. Uh, They're going to come in very strong. All four of those teams look like they could be playoff teams, so of course, that's going to be tough. Then you got your first place schedules with um, the, you got the 
the the Buffalo Bills, the Green Bay Packers in there. So uh, that stuff as well. I mean, that's that's in there, and it, it is a hard schedule. But when you win the Super Bowl, I mean, do we want it to be easy? I don't know. Maybe that's a question that I could ask uh, you is, do you want it to be easy? Or like, would you rather at the end of the season say, like, the Rams just blow through everybody. It's completely easy. We get a cupcake schedule. We win the Super Bowl. Heck yeah, we did it, which is awesome. Of course, we all want to win the Super Bowl. Or or would you rather uh, go through the absolute gauntlet of NFL teams? We play all of the best football teams in the NFL and still come out on top. I think that that's better. Uh, I would prefer that. Of course, there's bumps and bruises that come along the, the road with having um, the, the toughest schedule in the NFL. And when you play the teams that the Rams are scheduled to play against, I mean, it's going to be tough um, and, and we're going to lose some games. We're not going to just go undefeated. Uh, but ultimately, we saw Rams didn't win a game in November. A lot of fans had a sky is falling kind of thing. And then that disappears. Winning kind of cures all of that. But there's still a lot that goes into it, though. We get 10, go, 10 games at SoFi, like I had mentioned. We improve dramatically at inside linebacker, especially as a starters. Uh, no longer with Troy Reader, but now with Bobby Wagner. That upgrade, uh, it's hard to even put that into ways that would make sense. It's massive. That is a huge upgrade. Uh, we upgrade at cornerback uh, two, opposite of Jalen Ramsey. We get healthy at safety, something that we were not in the playoffs. Luckily, we had somebody like uh, Nick Scott who was able to really play uh, some really strong football uh, throughout the playoff run still have Aaron Donald still have Jalen Ramsey we also get Matthew Stafford in a second year under Sean McVay's offense so this training camp right now he is not learning our offense he knows our offense now and can kind of focus on more of the finer details which is something that we hear from players uh, very often when they are going into a second season in a system that now they don't have to learn what the the verbiage is anything like that they can focus on really the in-depth stuff and really dive into that playbook something that we heard just um, maybe it was today from Justin Herbert uh, at a Chargers camp that he really feels like he can just zone in now uh, and really dive into uh, the details of what he wants to do. Also, we're going to enter the season. We should enter the season with our top running back with something we didn't do last year. Cam Akers did not enter the season. Actually, it was over a year ago now that he tore his Achilles and we already knew that he was not going to be playing. Uh, so we'll get him for hopefully the duration of the season and not just those last few games. We do lose Robert Woods and that is absolutely a loss. Robert Woods is an awesome player, but Allen Robinson coming in. Um, I don't know if that, how much, if at all, that is a downgrade. I love Robert Woods, but I think Allen Robinson is in a sweet spot to have just an awesome year. I know there's a lot of question marks about him uh, from fans. Uh, just, I don't know if everybody's completely sold on what uh, Allen Robinson can, can bring to this, to, to this uh, offense, but um, I think that this is the best, I mean, it is the best situation that he's been in as far as an offense goes. And also he doesn't have a ring. So he's still motivated by that. Like he still wants to win. A lot of the other guys, there could be guys on this roster that maybe take a little bit of a step back because they did it, you know? Uh, but then you got guys uh, like Allen Robinson coming in who were not here on the Super Bowl team. So I think that that's a big thing as well. Um, if Raheem Morris can start the season uh, stronger than than he did last year, then I think that the 2022 Rams are in such a good position, especially in such a weak conference. The NFC does not have that many teams uh, that I, I feel like can be real Super Bowl contenders. So I think the Rams' two biggest threats would be the Green Bay Packers, who do not have a true number one uh, wide receiver. In fact, Cooper Cup... 
uh, Allen Robinson and Van Jefferson. I think all three of those guys, any three of those guys could go over to Green Bay right now and be their number one by a mile. Um, and, and that's not to take shots at any of the guys that they currently have, but I mean, that's just to kind of up what we have. I mean, we have some really, really talented players right now. And then you got Tampa Bay, who they did just lose their star center and... I don't think that that's getting enough credit for the hit that that is on that offensive side. Ryan Jensen's an absolutely an absolute monster at the center spot, and you could argue that the Rams losing Andrew Whitworth um, that's a that's a massive hit as well, and it absolutely is. I don't want to downplay that that move at all, uh, but you know what, Joe Nopum, I think he's he's more than capable of getting this done um, when he's been called upon to play. Uh, in that does include some playoff games last year uh, that was against the Cardinals and the Buccaneers. He had to play at left tackle. I think it played awesome. So I'm not as worried about that. Um, of course, Witt, uh, just that locker room guy, the the leadership there, uh, that clip from the mic'd up where he's he's like eyeballing Hendrickson is my favorite thing ever. So um, it, it is a hit, but... But I think that no boom is going to be okay for it. Um, so, I mean, all signs point to that. I think that this is going to be a fun season. I think it's going to be an awesome season for the LA Rams. And I think that this team is still absolutely in a good position uh, to get it done. I think part of that, though, is Raheem Morris. How is he going to adjust from year one into year two as we move forward? All right. Before we move on, I did want to mention uh, the big announcement here. The Rams Showcase podcast now officially has merch that you can purchase. Merchis. Um, <laughs> thanks to All Pro Sports, uh, AJ really helping me out here with this. Uh, we kind of been talking about this for a while uh, leading up to the relaunch of Rams Showcase here. And uh, I'll put some photos on screen and I want to let you know that these shirts are available for sale. I will also include the email on screen for you as well. Uh, right now, while we set up a website that you can go to and order direct from, what we're going to do is send all orders through this email uh, and then you can do it that way. All shirts are going to be $25. We have three colors and two different styles. Um, I'm hoping to increase that as time goes on. Maybe there's some other stuff that we want to throw in uh, as we get, you know, maybe into the season, mid-season, going into the playoffs, anything like that. Uh, but Ram Showcase officially has merchandise, so buy t-shirts and then um, I, I am going to work on a, a commercial spot for these commercials so if you do happen to buy a Ram Showcase shirt and you would like to uh, send me a photo in to ramshowcase at gmail.com then I can uh, put that photo into the commercial and you can be part of the Rams Showcase program all right so buy shirts represent Ram Showcase you're a champion and I love you thank you all right, just wanted to go into some position battles as we enter the preseason. Uh, we're already, of course, into training camp. Uh, so there's some position battles to kind of keep your eyes on. Uh, a bulk, a very large bulk of this roster is already set and already going to, you know, there's there's not too many open positions, at least, it's especially amongst the starters. A lot of what we're looking for here is going to be the depth spot. So we'll start with quarterback um, just Matthew Stafford just going to start with uh, he is not at risk of losing his job. It doesn't matter how how bad he looks in training camp or uh, he's not going to play in preseason, but uh, it doesn't matter how bad he looks right now or what uh, kind of reports we hear. He's going to be our starting quarterback. And so really what we're looking at here, I want to throw in the three names and that's going to be John Wolford and Bryce Perkins and Luis Perez. And 
What I can say, um, because we don't, we haven't heard an official announcement on what snaps are going to look like in in preseason or anything. But what I can say is, if John Wolford does not play in any preseason games, you can go ahead and book him at QB two. If he does, maybe there is a little bit more of a battle. If I had to personally select based on the information that I have right now, before we've seen any preseason games, I personally think I would go with Bryce Perkins at QB two. Um, that's just simply based on what we've seen from John Wolford, which really isn't a lot. I know that some fans um, and, and some shows kind of kind of inflate uh, his value, in my opinion. Um, and I'm, I'm definitely not a John Wolford hater. I just don't see maybe what other people are seeing uh, entirely with with John Wolford. And I like the the um, athletic abilities that Bryce Perkins brings. I also like his passes. Just I mean, he's a little inconsistent, and that can definitely be improved upon. That's why he's not a QB one somewhere else right now, and he's kind of battling for a three spot at the moment but uh, his his accuracy can be incredible. Uh, like I said, though, his consistency could be better. Luis Perez, I do not anticipate uh, being on the final roster once we once it's all said and done. But hey, you know what? Maybe he comes into the to the preseason and absolutely lights it up and is just awesome. At the running back spot, um, we do know um, certain names that are going to stick around and be in, um, not get preseason snaps like your Cam Akers. Maybe we see Daryl Henderson in the preseason. Maybe we don't. Uh, but the guys. That that I have named here is going to be uh, Jake Funk, Trey Raggis, and AJ Rose. These guys are all fighting, in my opinion, uh, maybe less so Jake Funk. I do anticipate him getting some more touches this year, and I think that his roster spot is technically safe, but I think that he's still going to be in there working on some stuff. So somebody like Trey Raggis, AJ Rose, who who has kind of been around, uh, these are all solid players. And also, let's not completely throw out uh, Kyron Williams, who is kind of dealing with some injuries at the moment. Um, either Any of these guys, though, have a shot to pop in the preseason. Um, real quick, though, on uh, Kyron Williams, I'm definitely excited to see Kyron Williams, and I, I'm uh, the, the pick does not hurt my feelings uh, getting uh, Kyron Williams out of Notre Dame. But I think that his... Um, his hype has been a little bit overblown, and let's not forget that he's still got a few different layers to get through as far as the Rams' depth chart until he's touching football fields in the regular season. Let's look at wide receiver. Um, some guys that we got to kind of take peeks on are going to be uh, Ben Skaronic, Tutu Atwell, Brandon Powell. So we saw a lot of SCO, um, especially throughout the the the, the late part of the season into the into the playoffs but I mean his drop issues uh were very present and I mentioned it uh, a lot last year and I will say that if he does not get that part under control his NFL career is not going to be very long and uh, that's not to just take shots or anything like that but but that is the truth I mean when you have a guy who is a wide receiver who is flipping balls up to uh, defenders in the Super Bowl um, right after a one play drive touchdown from their their offense and then they get the ball back immediately uh, based on uh, Sco just not playing the ball really well uh, that kind of stuff just can't happen and that will lead that will shorten your NFL career if, they, if that kind of stuff continues Tutu Atwell 
we've seen absolutely nothing from Tutu Atwell. I will dive deeper into Tutu next week, um, but we've seen nothing from him uh, to give us any reason to be excited. He has taken to Twitter uh, recently to kind of mention the haters, and I don't think he's talking about me specifically. I doubt Tutu Atwell is watching me. If he is, I'm absolutely honored and uh, would love to talk to Tutu, actually. Would love to have him on here, not as like a not as like an attack thing of like, what are you going to do for me, man? But more of just like a, like, why should we be excited, man? Like, I want to know why should we be excited? I don't want Tutu Atwell to fail. Uh, and I think that goes back to the same thing that I've, that I've been saying is uh, I don't root for any of these guys to fail. I'm just kind of, I'm calling it as I see it. And Tutu Atwell just hasn't given us anything. Brandon Powell as a returner, absolutely has given us some stuff. Uh, in fact, you know, we'll talk about that next week when we get into uh, Tutu Atwell. Um, now I'm going to kind of profile him a little bit and uh, dive in a little bit deeper into the Tutu schematics uh, and uh, and kind of just see what he's done and not done. Uh, but I would love to see some some progression from both Sko and Tutu, especially in this preseason game. If if Sko's dropping passes in the preseason games, uh, that'll really feel to me like he is um, not progressing at the at the rate that you would want. Uh, exactly my 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 gripes on uh, somebody like Taylor Rapp is I just wanted to see more by now. You know, I don't think he's a bad player, but I thought we I thought we'd be further along by this time. So hey, maybe 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 Taylor rep as well maybe we'll talk about the defense next week though uh and then tutu of course just lost a season entirely so i would like to see him uh, with the injury and stuff like that which is exactly what we were concerned about and then it literally happened so we're one for one as fans of being worried about tutu Atwell and his size getting injured and him getting injured so that also is a big factor in it and then um powell i want to see him get, take some offensive snaps because if he can I think he's already our best returner. If he can have, if, if he can show the ability to have any kind of impact on the offensive side of the football as well, uh, I think that that just that just bodes well for him even more so, and uh, that's going to be good stuff. So super excited to see um, what Brandon Powell could potentially do uh, with some offensive snaps uh, in the preseason. Welcome back into Rams Showcase. It's time for overtime. This week in overtime, we are looking at the rest of the West. All three Rams division opponents have signed superstars to big old contracts, and it's time to look at a a little bit about what that will mean for the Los Angeles Rams or these teams just moving forward. So we'll start with the Seattle Seahawks, and uh, they did uh, give an extension to wide receiver DK Metcalf. There was a little bit of a standoff here and a lot of conversation about DK possibly being sent off to a different team, which felt very real uh, considering the team was so willing to move on from Bobby Wagner, who's now a Los Angeles Ram and Russell Wilson, who of course went to the Denver Broncos. So uh, this is just a three-year extension. There is an out after the 2024 season. Uh, the most of his money comes this year, but his cap hits increase as the, as the season goes or as the years go on. Uh, Mike Florio did comment that he believes that possibly this, this contract could have been signed uh, due to the timing of a potential sale of the Seattle Seahawks, uh, which is expected to happen, but not until a certain date in 2024. I don't remember the exact date, uh, but past that date, if there is a sale of the team, then part of the proceeds do not go to the city itself. It would all go to the family. So uh, that is a, a big factor uh, when, when uh, dealing with that kind of money and in dealing with an NFL team. Uh, a lot of these guys know the the inner workings of the contracts and all the deals that have been put in place, and they know how to work around it. So that is something that we could expect from the Seattle Seahawks, a full-on rebuy of this team uh, it, after the 20, 
2024 season probably is what I would have to guess. And and uh, who knows after that? I mean, Pete Carroll's coming coming to the end of his career. Obviously, this looks like very much of a rebuild year. Uh, kind of feels like they're just kind of tanking it, and and we'll see what happens. As far as uh, we know right now, Geno Smith is in the lead for the starting quarterback position, but Drew Locke has not been counted out. The San Francisco 49ers uh, have openly stated that this is now Trey Lance's team. I want to put it out there. I have no idea how he's going to do. He could be awesome. He could be terrible. I don't have that answer for you. And um, I, I think everybody's kind of got their opinions about Trey Lance and what he could potentially do. There's no denying he is extremely athletic. He's extremely talented, but he is also very raw. He's played in one football game in however many years. So I think that there's going to be uh, obviously uh, some kind of transition period uh, as he creeps into his, his NFL starting career. Um, but because of his athleticism, I'm starting to think that maybe we'll see a strong start from Trey Lance as we don't have any tape on him. Nobody has any tape on him. So I think that by about midseason, we'll have a better understanding about what what uh, Trey Lance does bring to the 49ers offense. Maybe it's good. Maybe it's not. I'm kind of here in the the let's wait and see what he does. Let's not go ahead and put him in a box. And then everything he does, we try to argue why we were right. If I sit here and say that he is terrible and then he goes off and, and has a pro bowl year, I'm going to pinpoint certain things. Well, in this game though, he had like two picks and that was bad. That is, or we go out on the opposite end here and say, he's going to be awesome. And then every time he plays bad, it's like, well, did you see that run though? I mean, he was the way he got out of the pocket. So let's just go ahead and see what he does and uh, kind of make judgments based off of what actually happens. It's a weird concept, I know, but uh, we're I think we can get there. Wide receiver Debo Samuel, though, does sign a three-year extension, much like DK Metcalf. They do share the same agent, uh, and and both structured pretty similar, actually. Uh, both both teams uh, have outs after the 2024 season, uh, where the cap hit is just not that much. Uh, so Debo, uh, his his cap hit in 2024 is 31 million. Uh, but then after that, uh, it goes down to uh, 26. It'll be just 11 this year. Uh, let's go ahead. Uh, oh, well, I mean, there's also some stuff in there that I wanted to mention about um, the fact that he can make more money depending on certain yards or rushing touchdowns uh, because of his usage as in, in the run game uh, for the 49ers. So that's there's definitely uh, some some addendums in there that are uh, rather interesting. Speaking of rather interesting addendums. What a sick segue that was. So the Arizona Cardinals, uh, of course, have signed quarterback Kyler Murray to an extension. And I think by now um, I have a whole piece written out about uh, like explaining the situation, explaining the contract, explaining the addendum and how it was discovered, the reception all the way down to Kyler Murray's response and the team's response. But I think ultimately we all understand that there was a special addendum in the contract for Kyler Murray from the Arizona Cardinals that said that he needed to study for four hours in his own time. He agreed to this and signed it. And then when the internet made fun of it, as the internet does, then he was smirking, laughing, stuff like that, and saying that, uh, mentioning that it was disrespectful that, uh, the internet had basically been mean to him. And, in almost the same breath said uh, he, he talked about uh, that he was honored and flattered that uh, the media would think that he has done what he has done without studying at all. And I will say uh, for his draft position, I think ultimately he's underperformed uh, for his specific draft position. Yeah, he's had an OK career so far. He's done some pretty in impressive things. He's extremely athletic, throws a great ball. Uh, but ultimately, based on where he was drafted, um, I would say that maybe 
maybe he should do a little bit more, but you know what? There's a reason I'm sitting at a desk right now and he's actually playing football. So that I think that has to be considered either way. The team then pulls it. As soon as the internet had run out of jokes, the team decides to uh, publicly remove it. They could have just done it and then just not said anything to us because it's not our business. Um, they could have just pulled it and just told him, Hey, by the way, uh, sorry that that got so crazy. We didn't anticipate that. It's gone though. So man, you just go ahead. Like we're good. We're good. We trust you. You know, uh, instead they came out, made it public, uh, and then refueled all the fire for the entire internet to start making fun of the Arizona Cardinals again. And this is like, this is my why if game. It's a why would the Cardinals add this addendum if Kyler's study habits were not an issue? Why would Kyler Murray sign disagreement if he didn't think it was fair uh why would kyler get mad at us if the arizona cardinals are the one who ones who put it in the contract i didn't do this to you kyler all right i just made the jokes all right don't get mad at me man all right i didn't put it there this is brand new this is uncharted territory no one's ever seen anything like this dude of course we're gonna make fun of it this is hilarious you know what i mean so i mean there's that part of it and then uh why would the cardinals remove it if they blatantly made it specifically for kyler murray did they just backpedal that fast? I guess that, like that's that was my comment. Um, I, I think it's rather interesting that the internet bullied a multi-billion-dollar organization into changing an agreement that had been agreed on by both sides. The internet just made enough jokes that it got a multi-million-dollar, the however much his contract was. They altered that after it was agreed upon by both sides. I found that rather interesting uh, and does not look the does not make the Arizona Cardinals look good uh, and or Kyler Murray. I mean, both sides don't look good here. So, of course, it wasn't a leak. It was Ian Rappaport just digging through the contract and finding it on the contract itself. Get out the addendum. It doesn't even exist anymore, so it doesn't even matter. Uh, but on the contract itself, um, if I'm the Arizona Cardinals, I probably I probably pay Kyler Murray as well. And, you know, you got to you got to weigh the cost of of what it costs you to actually give Kyler Murray this money and what that does to your cap situation, what it does to the the, the other guys on your team. Um, but also you have to weigh what does it cost you not to give him this contract? And that is possibly going through another carousel of guys like John Skelton and Josh Rosen and just a, just a mess there. So. I probably do this if I'm the Arizona Cardinals. Is he overpaid? Yeah, probably. But I mean, that's just kind of the way the NFL is right now. If you have somebody that you feel at least okay with, you pay them. And the Rams did it with Jared Goff. Um, of course, moved on pretty quick. Um, but and, and the Rams kind of learned some lessons uh, in in their early days of just giving people mega contracts and stuff. Uh, Todd Gurley, Jared Goff, Brandon Cooks, you know. You know. So uh, a little smarter with it right now, but uh, I, I think that Kyler Murray has the talent to to be a guy who's paid. And if you don't pay it, I mean, Kyler Murray is a guy who he just would have gone somewhere else and gotten paid. There's not many quarterback needy teams right now, but there are people who are willing to upgrade by getting Kyler Murray because that's absolutely a possibility on a good chunk of NFL teams. And I would say that this Arizona Cardinals team, uh, they've got the veteran leadership. They've got the talent to be what I would consider a, in the Super Bowl conversation. I don't think that they do it uh, based on uh, based on the the way that their their seasons have gone. I mean, we've got to you got to show me something different if you want me to believe anything different. And historically speaking, I mean, 
was it Cliff Kingsbury in the last six games of any season at any level of football has not won more than two games. And that kind of stuff has to change if you want to uh, if, if, if you want to try to turn that around and maybe be in that conversation uh, for uh, a, a potential Super Bowl team. But when the Super Bowl champion is in your division and it looks like you get worse, I mean, it's kind of hard to have that conversation. And then we look at the the playoff game with the Arizona Cardinals and the Los Angeles Rams and Kyler Murray just did not look prepared. I don't know if I would call it an effort thing. Uh, a lot of people are commenting that, and that that's what he was referencing in his press conferences. Press conference when he had mentioned that he doesn't want his his uh, work ethic to be questioned. Um, that that is a more of an action. Speak louder than words. You can say to me all you want that you don't want your work ethic questioned, but then if you're playing video games when you're supposed to be watching tape, I'm going to question your work ethic, man. Like it's just kind of the. It's a, it's like the correlation and causation kind of deal, man. But either way, uh, Kyler Murray looked ill-prepared. Maybe that was a lack of tape, uh, or maybe it was just the massive amounts of tape that guys like Aaron Donald are watching. And so every time Aaron Donald broke through the line, Kyler Murray wasn't ready for it and falls to the ground. Either way, if you're Arizona Cardinals, if you're Kyler Murray, if you're an Arizona Cardinals fan, this is not the story you want as we enter August. This is not the biggest story you want surrounding your team as we enter August and uh, get start heading into the season. It doesn't look good for anybody. Uh, the fans, maybe not. They didn't make any decisions here, but Kyler Murray did. The Arizona Cardinals franchise absolutely did. So uh, I, I can say that uh, if this were the Rams, I would not be stoked about this uh, this process going into to the uh, <laughs> the preseason. But you know what? As a fan of an opposing team in the same division, I am absolutely all here for it. Rams fans, thank you so much for hanging out. Make sure to follow Rams Showcase on all your favorite social media. I also follow myself. It's at Sheriff Joe Bags at Rams Showcase. Links for all of them will be in the description below. And for those of you who aren't Rams fans, our thoughts and prayers are with you. For those who are Rams fans, thank you guys so much for watching. Go Rams.